0: We know uh, community is at the very heart of God. When we think about who did God come to redeem, it was a people. It's always about a community people, a people group, and how they're instructed to be, and how they're instructed to live. You know, we live in a culture where everything is about like a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, yeah, but it's never meant to be a private one. It was meant to be lived in community. The Liberty Communion is a family of churches that seek to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus Christ in our neighborhoods. On this podcast, through stories and conversations, we elaborate on what that looks like in real life. Welcome to Live, Speak, Serve, a podcast by the Liberty Communion, hosted by Michael Black.
1: Hello and welcome to Live, Speak, Serve podcast by the Liberty Communion of Churches. I'm your host, Michael Black, and today we're discussing community. To discuss it with me is Ted Jordan. He's a lead pastor of Liberty Glassboro. And he has nearly 30 years of experience in pastoral ministry, from youth ministry to church planting to leading his congregation now in Glassboro, New Jersey. Thank you for sitting down with me, Ted.
0: Hey, it's great to be on with you, man.
1: Yeah. Well, Ted, um, let's jump into it. And one thing that might help us as we dive in is just having some clarity on like a framework for what we mean when we say community. It's a value of the Liberty Communion, um, but we might make a mistake by assuming that everyone knows what we mean when we say community. So I was thinking we could probably use individuality as um, a polar opposite of what we talk about when we say community. Inversely, you have John Wayne. You've got the businessman that pulls himself up from his bootstraps. You've got the person that um, that's so self assured about their beliefs that they don't need to consult the opinions of the rabble. And that's obviously something that would be considered, you know, probably more in the individual camp. Correct. But if we're not careful in the West, we can see some of that seep into our understanding of what community should be. And it sometimes gets labeled as consumeristic church. What do we mean when we talk about community?
0: Yeah, well, one of the things is we, we know uh, community is at the very heart of God. It, it begins right at the very beginning. I mean, God himself is, you know, Trinity is giving us a really beautiful picture of community.
1: Yeah, Father, Son, and Spirit.
0: Yeah, but when we think about who did God come to redeem, it was a people. Picture for us in Old Testament Israel, it's always about a community people, a people group, and how they're instructed to be, and how they're instructed to live, Another thing is Acts chapter 2. So when when the church first forms, they came and they gathered together and they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to uh, fellowship, which is that word koinonia, which we get our communion from as mm-hmm. a liberty communion, the breaking of bread and the prayer. It seems like really we, we call these uh, the means of grace. Yeah. So they're very common in a sense, right? And so while we don't think that fellowship or community is a big thing it's very big to God it's something they did all the time together and i think that we get our picture of community from how christ loves his church and how he ministered while he's here so him and his disciples he lived in community he demonstrated community for us so so that's very important and at times there's this you know individualist versus the community part there and i think it comes a lot from you know we live in a culture where Everything is about like a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, yeah, but it's never meant to be a private one. Right. Right. So even people, when they, when they post on social media, it's all about this, you know, great looking, look at my scripture, my latte sitting here, yeah. the swirls, well, perfect on top of it there. And it's like, <laughs> that's great, but it was meant to be lived in community mm-hmm. and togetherness, right? And that means that I'm going to be living with people who aren't exactly like me who might not think exactly like me, but yet there still has to be some basis.
1: Yeah. The act of being a Christian is communal because there's so many, one, the commands are largely to a people. Um, God saves a people, but also so much of the epistles are written to people and and how they interact with one another. The one anothering um, that is so prevalent in scripture, Paul talks about it in Colossians and Romans and Ephesians, and we can look at those as well, but the bearing one another's burdens, loving one another, considering others more important than yourself and Philippians. These are all elements of a, a collective, a unified people. You just said it a second ago, the koinonia, essentially, where we get our word communion for liberty. But sometimes it can be difficult because keeping unity front and center seems like it almost is conflicting with diversity. How does the Christian balance those?
0: Yeah, I, I think that um, unity flows to diversity in that sense. And- my mind goes immediately to Ephesians chapter four. The church should be making every effort to have this unity uh, around a faith. And when we were talking earlier about the military, right? This, yeah. They take anybody, right? Yeah. All this diverseness, right? Which is good, but they, yet there's this commonality. There's this basis of unity that they build from, right? Right.
1: Yeah. They'll, they, they pride themselves on being able to take anybody from... Any social class, any race, but in in talking with some friends that have served they they talk about the brothers that they formed over there, the relationships that they have, and they speak to it like it's um it's a deeper family, yeah,
0: so how much better the the community of christ mm-hmm. yeah, is supposed to be yeah, like there's
1: there is a, a wide variety of diversity of people there, but they're all unified around a common purpose, and so you're you, unity's got to come first and then diversity has the ability to flourish because when there's disagreement where do you go you go back to the reason you're there to begin with we can have disagreements about secondary and tertiary issues about the faith because we're unified on the fact that it's christ and christ alone that is going to save us that has redeemed us inversely if two people don't think they're in a relationship and someone wants to then ask them well how do we go forward but you don't have commonality on the fact that you should be going forward together. Correct. <laughs> then you have diversity, but you don't have unity. And that's really, that can be really damaging.
0: Yeah. And I think that marriage relationships are a great picture of that, right? There has to be that oneness over something. And yet you have two people becoming one and they're, they both bring diverseness to the relationship on how they approach things, on how they think, how they are emotionally, all those different aspects.
1: Yeah looking at our different churches looking at our 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 different contexts there there is a lot of difference in maybe some what we would call secondary or tertiary theological issues that some people have convictions on and that's just completely understandable um but how do you have as paul would say like be of one mind and christ uh is it is it colossians holding all things together right what would you say to someone who's like yeah but some of these issues are important. Right. Because like Paul talks about, hey, in Christ, there is no longer, you know, barbarian, Scythian. These distinctions exist, but but we're all one in right. Christ. How do you distinguish between a primary issue and something that's, say, tertiary? How does a Christian yeah, kind so, of work through that? So,
0: so my mind goes to the Ephesians 4 passage that I brought up and then back to Colossians that you brought up. So in Ephesians 4, we, we had this Creedal almost statement from Paul, right? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. So to me is like that's a framework we need to start from, right? These aren't tertiary issues; these are really important. So if we're talking about something that affects the person and finished work of Christ, well, we we have more things to talk about. uh And then when you brought up the Colossians passage, yeah, Paul says that in all things Christ might have the preeminence, and the idea there is to hold first position. So the things that helps me is like, are what we discussing in any way affecting the person and finished work of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that becomes my lens in helping me to understand it's like, yeah, these are important issues. So I think that we work from, from the gospel out. That helps me at least in my framework. Yeah. What, what, what does the gospel say about X, Y, or Z? And then we can kind of like move from there. So for instance, like if, Paul said this here, even about tertiary issues, if my eating or drinking affects the culture that I have in and it's killing my brother, it's not that important because loving my brother is more important in that sense.
1: Right. All things may be permissible, but all things might not be beneficial. Right. So having the- There's a wisdom issue with that, yeah, right? Well, there's also like a humility issue there as Correct. well. Because it's sometimes, if I think that my thoughts are the wisest thoughts. Right. Well, then why in the world would I listen to anyone else? By definition, that would be foolish. Crap. <laughs> like, and so there's a, there's a humility aspect for community that, that has to be present, or you're just going to have a bunch of people that are all screeching at the top of their lungs. So at some point, if you're going to really do community well, you need to first start with a humble posture of, okay, well, how do I listen first before I speak? Right. Um, how do you become a better listener?
0: Uh, For me, God used marriage. (laughs) So, yes, uh, learning to listen. And typically, um, depending on how you're wired, I'm a fix-it guy. Yeah. So someone comes to a problem, I want to give them, hey, here's how you fix it. Here's what to do. And I would say specifically, even as, as pastors, we tend to be that way. Right. Whereas if you look at Christ's example, Jesus is always asking questions. And that creates the conversation. So for me is when I'm asking questions, hopefully it's so that I can listen and I can hear. So one of the things I've prayed about often is that when I'm in these kind of conversations in community, that I would ask questions. So for instance, we started a, a men's group not too long ago. You on know, a Saturday morning, we get going and we usually take a, something we're gonna talk about, read some scripture. And it's out there and all of a sudden someone will say something that is completely like where are you <laughs> right no yeah, yeah and we're not talking about the eagles or phillies it's like how did you get there and then someone's over here saying the complete opposite so i'm kind of like wanting the referee and so what i want to do is stop and just ask questions why do you feel that way can you share a little bit deeper because like oh well i i get that part of it uh, yeah that makes sense to me whereas I think we, th- we can tend to take communication at face value. We take words or phrases, and we have these preconceived ideas. When they're saying X, it has to be X, right? right? But they might be saying X, and they actually are saying Y. Yeah. Right? Do you have an example? Um, ministry in the church as it relates to women serving. Okay. What does that look like, right? So conversations about how do they do that there and having different disagreements about that. And then you get down to it. And it's like we're actually agreeing on something, right? And we're coming at it from two different perspectives. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's actually a great, a great one to tease out because there are some people in our communion that, even though they are attending complementarian churches, they themselves positionally are egalitarian. Correct. Because that debate can get heated fast if you're not careful. Very fast. Correct. And having someone that you love saying, "Hey, I, I feel strongly that the Lord has made women and men as, as equals." And you listen to a commentary and go like, well, yeah, I believe that too. Correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't disagree there. Correct. Yeah. Going like, okay, let's go deeper then. I think they have the exact same amount of value. Yeah. Yes. You would agree there as well. Correct. And then as you start going down that conversation and you understand that you are more aligned than you are misaligned, then it makes it easier to then continue hearing their perspective. And you can have this, this separation from like their position and automatically making the mistake of
0: applying like a morality to it. That is correct. So they use the community aspect, Michael, there's, there's a benefit for me as a complimentarian to sit down with somebody who's egalitarian in my fellowship and I can actually learn from them. Yeah. And hopefully they can learn from me too. And the fact is we have way more to fight for together than we do against. Yeah as opposed to just simply going to our corners here. Right. Yeah, this is where all the ways that they're wrong. That is correct. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna do my homework like I'm doing a debate. Well, what happens is, is like two people sitting and they're basically on X together, right? They're doing these, you know, 36 characters or more. And that's how we kind of do conversations because we're just simply trying to get our points across. Right. To where I want to just basically get to the point where you say, you're right, I'm wrong. Yeah. I want to win the argument. Right. As opposed to... No, I want to have community. Right. I want to know who you are. I want to know why you
1: think what you think before I just condense it down to a soundbite that doesn't truly encapsulate all that, that you are and what you
0: believe. That's, that's correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a former pastor once say, um, when he's going to sit down with someone he knows is coming to like complain (laughs) or have an (laughs) issue with him, or there's going to be need to be some reconciliation, he would open it in prayer, um, which is always a good idea, of course. Mm. Um, but in the prayer, he would pray specifically that the Lord would muster up all of the love that they have for one another mm. for that conversation. Like you, you want to remember first and foremost, like kind of what we said, that more unifies us than what divides us. Um, and if we're both humble enough to get to the foot of the cross before we have these disagreements that could turn painful, let's start there. And then we're far less likely to make those mistakes That's correct. because we're remembering we love the same God. Yes. Well, let's take a look at like um, what that means like practically for the everyday Christian. We have uh, small groups, prayer groups, home meetings. The concept is that you're going to do life with someone on a regular basis. And allowing someone in, allowing that communal element actually is in many ways, the means of grace in which the Holy Spirit works on us individually. So right. it's, it's not that you cease being Ted Jordan and I cease being Michael Black and we Correct. join the amorphous blob of Christianity, but that you maintain your individuality, but you're unified as one people connected to, to Christ. Correct.
0: I look at it as a gift, um, although it's been really painful the past couple of years. But one of the things that God has graciously done for his church in the past couple of years, particularly in, in the States— um, from BLM to politics to COVID is God graciously kind of exposing what community looks like. Oh, yeah. Good. Can you so, explain more? Yeah. yeah. So so around all those things, um, I think not only within the communion, but just churches at, at large, more people have left churches over those conversations than over even some deeper theological issues that I think are even more important that we should actually be talking about. So... People have divided in that sense of not fighting for community. We are people that need community. And I think that that pandemic kind of exposed the fact of how easy it was for us to basically switch the switch off of community. We don't need it. And the fact is like, no, we actually do need this. We actually need to be with people. And the fact is I, I need other voices that are in my life that are speaking into it and people that I can speak back into. I think one of the things that Michael, that's so important is I encourage us when people come to me and they're saying about whether they think they need a community or not is just go through and look at all the one another's of scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot do the one another's by yourself. Right. Can't.
1: Yeah. And another aspect of it, when you look at Christ, sometimes we get this uh, really kind of flawed thought about Christ. And, and that is that he like, he comes in and he is completely self-sufficient in and of himself which Christ doesn't even say that. Christ says, I can do nothing unless I see the Father do it. He is completely and totally dependent on the will of the Father, and that's evident in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will be done, but your will be done. There's a humility that Christ is exemplifying. Yes, he is super secure in who he is. Um, He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is coming to destroy death and sin itself, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't rely on the father and and the work of the spirit to continually experience the fulfillment of that very goal itself. Like he's doing that, but he, he, he's humble and relying on the community of the Godhead.
0: Correct. And and even how he demonstrated it. So you, you take the fact that he's in the garden, right? Um, it's a place he prayed often. Um, and he prayed alone often. Yeah. But the, the night of his betrayal, he's, he's inviting, his disciples to do what come with him. Yeah. Be here with me. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to be praying alone. Um, and those relationships there. He demonstrated, if we look at the gospels with Christ with his disciples, how important community is, um, look no further than Jesus and the 12. Yeah. 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 And that wasn't a perfect community either, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was, uh, there was some
1: some division, yes, uh, for sure, right? I mean Matthew and um, Simon, um, yep. yeah, Peter, yeah, um, and so like you have these two people coming from arguably antithetical cultural positions, correct? And but they are both disciples, both considered beloved by right. by God, um, and so yeah, like there is tension of we we may see the world through very different lenses, but the moment I start thinking that. Salvation rests in my opinion, instead of Christ, is the moment I start to devalue your humanity. Correct, and feel very able to say, like, I don't even know if I need to take communion with you, right? Like, you, you don't see a war at the Last Supper. Right. Christ supersedes all boundaries, right? But it, there's still a unity around Christ Himself. He is the new boundary, actually.
0: Correct. I think it's interesting too. Uh, just kind of a side note: you you bring up the Lord's Table, right? Yeah. So to me is like every time we get together as our churches, right? So whether it's here or Riverwards or Collingswood or Harrisburg, where we might be at, is the, the gathering around the Lord's Table is a covenant meal that involves community. Mm-hmm. It's a grand reset for us. So it's like this here. If you think about people who are struggling with community because of X and Y, well, I'm here, and I don't like their position here, the Lord's Table is a reset. I can't go to the table and be mad at my brother or sister over here because we have this, these such these disagreements, right? We can't even do community together, but we're going to break bread together, right? That's a, that should be a, a catch for us. In fact, we should skip the table. We should actually get up, go over, and be reconciled with our brother and sister, right? Yeah, it says so, that, yeah. Right. So every time we break bread, it's telling us like this is a covenant meal. Hey, you can't be taking this at home alone by yourself. Doesn't work that way, right? It's a reminder of us of how much we desperately need to be in community together. And it helps reset us on what's important about community, mm-hmm. which is the person and finished work of Christ. Yeah.
1: It also says, if your brother has something against you, you go to him. Correct. Which is which is fascinating because that's, that's also different from what we would think in the culture. Yes. The culture will tell you, Oh, he's got something against me. He needs to come tell he's me. It, right. he, he Well, that's on him. But the Bible is actually saying like, hey, if you know your brother's mad at you, if you know that your brother has something against you, or if you know this person is hurt by you, you go to them. Right. And that's that's just completely countercultural. And But we're peacemaking. Christ is peacemaking, not peacekeeping. Correct. We're not trying to keep this air of tension because that doesn't do anybody any good. Right. <laughs> and you're just waiting for, I don't know, a misunderstood text to yeah. just deteriorate what's already a fragile relationship. So th- we're really talking about conflict resolution then right now. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna talk about unity and diversity, you're gonna talk about conflict. right? And what does conflict look like inside a community? How do you discuss those disagreements and still be unified?
0: I mean, I think it's hard because typically when I sit down and I work through a, a community issue, I typically wanna like, I wanna stick my case first right? And then I want to bring them towards where I'm at. And so when you have two people who are trying to do that, it doesn't work too well. I'm just trying to basically convince you so that you'll know I'm right. So Proverbs tells us that one seems right until another one comes, presents their case. So the idea is that we need to do way more listening up front um, and work through that together and being able to actually listen and share. And the only conflict resolution model that we have in the new testaments matthew 18 Mm -hmm. It's interesting it actually takes community yeah right yeah so go speak to your brother go be reconciled and if not bring community bring in more people yeah yeah it's it's interesting you say that
1: because at no point is there a path where it's like you as the individual can arbitrarily make this distinction to not be in community with someone. else. Right.
0: There's no, there no yeah, yeah, You can't opt yeah. out.
1: Right. And we see that so often in society, like, well, I'm just going to cut them off. They're, they're not really healthy for me. Yes. Like, and I'm, i don't want to discount. Like some people are in some really bad situations and separation is sometimes necessary, but it should not be the first thing we go to, especially not as Christians. Like we worship a God of reconciliation. How could we possibly pretend that he doesn't want the same thing right. for us? And
0: even if like, we need to put the brother out. The conflict is so bad. The putting out is meant to bring them back in. That's the whole point. So that there can be reconciliation even through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even
1: in the separation, the whole point is to be reconciled. The goal is community. The yes. goal is community. Reconcile. Yeah. 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 Now that's a, that's a super helpful uh, way of saying it, man. Okay. So let's say someone's listening to this conversation and they're like, great. Um, I agree. Want to be in community but it's kind of difficult. What direction would you give someone who's saying like, I'm having trouble getting connected to a community?
0: I would point them back to where we started at, right? God gives us the picture of community. So it's it's God's desire, right? Yeah. This is something that's good and something God desires. Number two is I would encourage them to say, listen, have you sat with any of your elders? And to spend time in prayer about this. One of the things is I've encouraged people is, listen, just start with one person and open your hearts, open your home grab coffee with somebody and just be honest, be vulnerable and pray that God would, would bring one person into your life or a group of people. And it's vulnerable, right? In a sense like you're opening yourself up to, well, it might not work or I might get hurt or they might not give back what I'm putting into that. I think people sometimes make the mistake of waiting for it to come. It's kind of the American culture. We want community even done for us. But if it's not organized, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of like do my own thing, kind of be my own person. So I think it's got to be demonstrated from kind of like the leaders in the church. How well are we demonstrating a culture of community? Because sometimes pastors cannot, this is again why, this is kind of like a broader thing. Why I love the Liberty Communion is because pastors need it too. Yeah. We don't have it, right? We might have it in our church, but even that there. So, so our being able to get together and have that community is so important and we grow by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, man. Um, this has been a, a fun conversation. I didn't expect us to take some of these turns, but this is always. No, the sorry about of, that. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. That's, that's fantastic. That's the best part about these, uh, these questions. I try not to <laughs> workshop everything too much. So these, these kind of come up.
0: Um, hey, can I share one more thing real quick? Please So, just, just real quick yeah. then. So, community. So, the Big it's the home of Rowan University. So one of the things that's always happened to us over the years has been, you know, the desire to be multi-generational, community-wise, right? And what happens is you have college students, university students, and you have sometimes uh, mature saints. And they both don't think that the other one wants to really hang with them or be with them in community, right? So one of the things that God has graciously done has been, and this is Post-pandemic, we are mainly getting international students showing up, and one of the things God's graciously done is in His desire to say is like, how do we actually merge these these conversations together, like community-wise, like both need each other, both benefiting. And one of the things is that our 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 most mature saints in in a life group they've kind of adopted some of the international students, so. Even the fact that, that one of them actually goes out through their life group with them now, they pick them up, they go with them. And just seeing that that community begin to happen yeah. it has been beautiful in that sense. That's what the kingdom of God's supposed to be, be right.
1: about. Yeah, the life on life, the walking yes. the walking with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Ted, thank you so much for sitting down with me, man. This was a great conversation. I hey, like thanks, more... brother. Same here, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, for everyone listening, if you'd like to hear more, you can check out Ted Jordan and Glassboro at LibertyGlassboro.org. Or you can email him at, are you, are you Ted at Liberty? That'll go to you, right? Yep. Yeah. Both just go. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> <That> works, <yeah. laughs> Thanks again, man. And everyone uh, have a good day and be blessed. Thank you for listening to Live, Speak, Serve, a podcast by the Liberty Communion of Churches. For more information or ways to support the work of the Liberty Communion, visit www.liberty.org. That's liberty with an I